0: Necessity is the mother of invention do get ready for a
1: mother of a ride Gas up your laptops, your tablets and devices Cause our asses are all quarantined inside More and more every day The world, it feels so very far away Less and less things to do So pull up a chair and let us talk to you I'm Summer.
0: And I'm Cody. And this is the More and More Everyday Podcast.
1: He's a fifth grade teacher.
0: She's a historian.
1: And this is a daily blog and interview series brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project to capture and preserve the stories of students and teachers in the COVID-19 era.
0: Welcome. As part of our International Week, future journalist and aspiring photographer Esther called in to talk about learning in the COVID-19 era. Originally from the Netherlands, Esther's interview features a global perspective and a researcher's approach.
1: Esther, welcome today. You and your furry friend are joining us for an interview. Give us a little intro, your name, where you're from, where you go to school. Yeah, so my name is Esther. I go to Phoenix College.
0: Um, I'm 28 years old. I'm originally from the Netherlands and
1: I moved here five years ago to the US. Uh, Well, Esther, we are thinking of highlighting you next week during our international week. So it's very cool that you are from the Netherlands um, and that you arrived here about five years ago. I really appreciate you telling us a little bit about your story. My very first question for you is just how are you? How are you doing? Um, We are
0: doing really great, actually. Um, A little bit worried a little bit worried about situation and um, it's it's a strange time mm-hmm. I find it very interesting about what's going on in the world and try to keep updated mm-hmm. um, but yeah in, in general we're doing
1: we're doing good getting used to the new reality good have you had any highs or lows of this experience um, I think the low is if you Have like a mouth
0: cough, or how it is the allergy season right now that you're measuring your temperature every five minutes, see, and you're you're thinking, oh my god, (laughs) we have it. If you hear stories of friends at home who have it, Um, not really. That's really a low and a high. I think it is good that we finally get to spend time with who we love and. that my cat surely enjoys that I'm home every day.
1: (laughs) My cat does not. My cat thinks I'm in her way all the time. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to identify what historians consider a watershed moment. So when you look at history, you either see change over time gradually, or you see an impetus, a catalyst, something that changed everything. And so when you look back on the last five or six weeks, Can you pinpoint an actual day or date where it felt like everything changed for you? Yeah,
0: I think that was for me, I think that was March 13th. Mm -hmm. And I have that day stuck in my head. And it is also when back home in my home country where everything changed. It is suddenly every day there was more people had it and where they had to close everything down. Here in Arizona, we're a little bit behind everything. Um, so I feel like it's still going on here. But mm-hmm. on March 13th is really where I thought that everything is changing, where suddenly this is not what we thought it was going to be, and we're in a literary pan- pandemic. It's also when the schools here closed down and mm-hmm. everything came from everywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. hmm how how have your feelings about cor- the coronavirus or COVID nineteen? How have they changed or evolved over the course of the last several weeks? I find I thought
0: about that actually. In the beginning, I'd say back in February. So I w- I went to Japan in January, and we came back the day before it was announced that Japan had the COVID nineteen virus. Um, so we came back, and we heard about it, and we saw signs at the airport, and we're like, well, oh, because they called it the SARS virus at the time, and we're like, didn't that exist already? And then suddenly it started more news coming in, and in the, especially around the beginning of March, middle of March, I was obsessed. I was All I did was looking at news the whole day, seeing how many I was following, all the live blogs, and, keeping the count up of what is happening around you you're looking it becomes very obsessive and kind of dangerous in that way mm-hmm. um but I felt like it's how crazy it is it becomes a new reality it mm-hmm. becomes normalized in a way even though it is, these are not normal times mm-hmm. it is you're used to being at home now because we've been doing it for five six weeks now so it becomes part of your life and I feel like that I don't look as much on the news anymore. Um, I wouldn't know how many cases Arizona would have at this moment.
1: And, yeah, you kind of, you kind of, it becomes normalized. Absolutely. Have you seen that with your family back home as well?
0: Yeah, so I have one brother, and I call him, um, I would say, every other yeah a few times a week I call him in the beginning that's all we discussed was what was happening, but I feel like our conversations nowadays are going back to normal and mm-hmm. what they are what they kind of used to be mm-hmm. and, and and my uh, stepmother I talked to her too she's an elder. I was really worried about her because she is uh, seventy two and um but she's been home she's been gardening she's not sick, so it's yeah it it she sounded almost happy that she didn't have to be moving all the time, <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah,
1: it's, it, I noticed it with family at home, too, yeah. Good, thank you. When mm-hmm. we think about how you started to hear, you, you, you heard a lot about the international implications because you traveled internationally, but mm-hmm. with regard to school, how did you initially find out that your college was closing, and how have they been communicating with you since?
0: So I, because my husband goes to ASU right now, and it started with that he, we were on spring break, so I just said, um, we just thought we were leaving for spring break that week, and I think everyone was thinking that. And um, we, and my husband got a message saying that he, that the schools were not going to be reopening anymore for at least a few weeks at that time. And I checked my email right away, and it said that the schools would still be open after spring break to come back. So I was like, "All right, well, you know," <laughs> I mean. But then I think the next day, straight away, we got an email that it said, "Yes, we're not opening. Stay home. Um, spring break is extended for a week or two weeks at the time, and then it became gradually longer and longer."
1: Hmm. and how are your classes going now that they're online I
0: think they're actually I always took a mix of like online and in school classes so I was used to the online format um, it does require more self discipline something I'm still working on that is um, it takes more time of your studying you have to plan ahead and um, I think my school work is doing good, I also think the teachers are more lenient, they will give more, if you um, are a bit late with one thing, they don't mind it as much as they used to, it's, it's yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree, we're, we're all trying to be very flexible, but also, <laughs> you know, implement academic rigor, it's, it's challenging. Yeah, exactly. As you've been spending all this time at home, have you been trying out any new hobbies or skills or things that interest you you never knew about before?
0: <laughs> well, to be honest, I've got that new Animal Crossing game on my Switch. <laughs> I've been playing that a lot. So I've been mostly, so I'm trying. I'm a photographer, too, on the next to my studies, so I really try to focus on that, but it, you know, you don't see any clients right now, so, um, I have a lot of hobbies, I used to crochet and knit, and, but you can't really get yarn anymore either, so it's,
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that, one of the last places I ever went was Joanne, and they were fully stocked, but it was like March 15th or something,
0: no, exactly, those things are, uh, yeah, no, it's pretty scarce, so I haven't Figured a new hobby, because I know I'll get addicted to a new hobby, and then I won't have time for anything else (laughs) anymore.
1: Yes, oh, that's funny. What are you, uh, how do you anticipate this may influence your student trajectory or your plan as you work towards graduation or transferring? So, I think the
0: influence of this will be, will be a major implication of what's going on for me personally I don't think there will be a lot of changes besides that Phoenix College now does uh, the pass or fail grades Mm -hmm. so that is one thing that is changing Um, I am switching majors but that's all besides I was already doing that even though this wasn't going to happen so I don't think a lot of things change afterwards yeah Mm -hmm. what's your major going to be uh, journalism, and I was going to, I just talked to an advisor before you, and I was going to do a major in photography next to it, but I think I might switch
1: it to a minor. Oh, very good. Okay, great. Instead of a major. <laughs> what are you doing to establish a sense of normalcy while you're living at home during the quarantine? So, I'd like to
0: say that I keep a routine. But (laughs) that was wishful thinking. We try to keep a routine. It doesn't always end up as we, we most end up the day. You try to, I mean, showering still happens every day, but I might just change in clean pajamas instead of my night pajamas. And yeah, (laughs) for the rest, normalcy, we try to, we try to cook, we try to, yeah, I don't, think there should be a normalcy because this isn't really a normal time so Mm
1: you know yeah that's one of my favorite answers a lot of times because I'm on the opposite side where I you know I want everything to feel normal so I'm doing everything to overcompensate but whenever I talk to people like you who acknowledge like this isn't normal so why should we have to expect that of ourselves (laughs) there's so much grace there and generosity right it's it's perfect
0: yeah, and I really feel that way. I feel like this is, you know, I think it's a horrible time of what is going on, but as I, because my major before this was sociology, and I think, and, and anthropology, and I think as in a sociological way, and the history, what you find in anthropology, this is also, this is like heaven for researchers to to see what's going on. We We've been... Having this life, a normal life, for so long that that we came accustomed to what is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, we always knew that there would be toilet paper in the in the grocery house. We always knew that there would be anything you want in the grocery house. And now suddenly you have to stand in line and wait till you go in, and you have to search the internet for toilet paper, which I've been doing. And you, yeah, it's it's. It's a whole different reality, and I find it very interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. I agree. Very interesting. Scary, but also interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. It it is what our grandmothers and grandmoms in second world War have experienced always. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes.
0: And and I think we can learn a lot from them, too, because they have been very – they've never given up. If I look at my stepmother, who was born during the – she was always very scarce with everything she had she just eats vegetables grown in her yard and she will always do very little with toilet paper because that's how she was raised and I think now now we need to adjust to that and we're not used to it so mm-hmm.
1: it's very good thank you
0: for that mm-hmm. uh, what do you miss the most Oh, I miss going to, because right now it's high season for us, so I miss going to markets, festivals, and having, you know, the the things around us, and maybe have a nice dinner somewhere, but I also think those are kind of the luxuries we miss, because I'm not sick, you know, and I feel, and I don't want to be like, oh, I miss them so much, while other people are fighting for their lives, I find it yeah. yeah, I try not to think about what I miss too much.
1: That's good.
0: Other people are very, very struggling right now.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Good. When you think about the future, what are you hoping for and what are you fearful of?
0: So I'm hoping, obviously, that there is going to be a vaccine soon for this. Because what they say that it could be seasonal is definitely a worry. It's something that we should be worried about. And I think that we're lucky in a way that it's not as destructive it could have been as we had with Ebola at the time Mm -hmm. so people even if it becomes seasonal we and we have a vaccine we can beat it so that's where I, I find a hope that we and I just hope that people really listen to staying indoors and what I see now with the protests going on of not people who don't want to stay inside and who are thinking that this is a hoax, I really hope that that will be, that makes me very sad. People who don't make it ser-
1: take it serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Have you had any aha moments or epiphanies over the last few weeks? In what kind of way? Well, some people have had a new realization about um, maybe a relationship, or maybe for you it was changing your major, you know, something that this quarantine and this reality has has brought or awakened for you.
0: Yeah, I think... That I can be with my husband 24-7, <laughs> that was a good realization to have. <laughs> Normally, you run you run by each other the whole day. You're going to school, you're doing groceries, you're cooking, you're going somewhere else. You're always living next to each other if you don't you really learn how to spend time together, but also make your own little um, quarantine zone sometimes if you need that little bit of space.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great. Um,
0: I think, aha uh-huh moment. I think it's more on, on on the reality of what's around us, is, is that I I think this is dividing us more, even though I wouldn't want it that way. If I look at, and I think that's typical something for the United States, um, if I look at the Netherlands, my home country I see a lot of people uniting come together and we've seen that before when we had um, other tragedies happen they unite more and I feel like America is more divided and I feel like this is dividing us more mm-hmm. in the climate and you really look at other people in a different way and I think that's something I came to a
1: realization. Mm-hmm. Very yeah I I agree I- I worry about that a lot. That's a fear for mine. Is of mine is the now. Yeah. Now they're fearing each other instead of fearing a virus, which lives yeah. in bodies but is not who we are as people. It's a virus. Yeah.
0: No, and that is so true. And I I think that fear is so unnecessary. It's like we're already so afraid of everything right now, and we should be. But we we should work together as like human humankind you know we should work together make these things happen and uh, don't get me wrong there's people who do amazing things right now Mm -hmm. who do a lot of you know do a lot of work online and uh, make sure that people are okay
1: but there's this really big group that yeah that that scares me too Mm -hmm. I agree do you have a favorite quote or saying or mantra that you really like Oh
0: um have to think about that one
1: <laughs> some people have like a a quote or a saying that's like at the bottom of their email or whatever but some people well, don't it's funny because my quote was
0: don't live in fear but i don't know how much i think that is because I, I do i'm not really living by that right now so <laughs> i i always i really believe that yeah, we should do things that we want to do because we don't know what's going to happen next mm-hmm. and I feel like that's very applicable. I feel like if you want to do something just do it but mm-hmm. we're kind of limited in what we can do right now so
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but it's still powerful don't live in fear even though we're in a very unique time that, that we have yeah. optimism and hope and we can guarantee ourselves that we'll get through this yeah yeah for sure I only have one more question for you before we close, and the question is, if you were to find yourself listening to this podcast or reading this blog, what would you hope to hear or see from students and and teachers all over the country right now?
0: I, I really think that teachers are doing an amazing job right now of, like, holding everything, their whole curriculum, had to be thrown online, and they suddenly had to do everything from home. Um, My advisor had two five-year-olds who were yelling in the background, (laughs) poor lady. And I think that teachers and students too, I think spreading a message of hope is, is really what you want to read, I think, and what people are doing in this time, yeah.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you, Esther. Well, before yeah. we go, uh, if you want, you don't have to, but you—if um, you'd like to share your social media, like where people can find you, or maybe your photography website, if you want to, you can choose not to. <laughs> um, and then one more thing to share is like, what's a book you're reading or a movie you're watching right now that you're really enjoying? So my fa- actually my right
0: before this all happened, my Facebook got hacked, and I didn't get it back yet. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm. Yeah, no, it's it's been hard because I have a I can't be in touch with people at home right now, but um, so my Facebook is out, but I am on Instagram at Esther C Photography. That's where I post pictures so now and then.
1: Esther um, Esther E Esther C. And what book or show are you watching these days? Oh, so I am one of the
0: weird ones that I really love reading, but I don't really watch fiction. I really like nonfiction books. Me too. So uh, right now I'm reading a book that's written by um, Acosta. He's the news reporter in the White House for CNN, and it's um, it's kind of. I mean, if you're not on the liberal side, it might not be a book for you for anyone hears it to read, but it's about the how he experienced Trump in the White House and how he yeah, how he develops
1: his journalistic techniques for it. It's a really good book, really about well written. That's wonderful. Thank you. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about that you didn't get a chance to address in our interview so far? No, no, I don't think so. No. Um, I really enjoyed it. Me too. I really appreciate spending some time with you this afternoon, and I loved hearing your perspective. I cannot wait to see what the future holds for you.
0: Yeah, thank you, and you stay strong too, hopefully with all the grading and doing the podcast to oh, me. I know, right? I don't know, what, I don't know what we were
1: thinking, but we will, I will share the episode link with you directly when it drops. I'm planning to drop this episode early. I'm going to do it on Monday to kick off our international week so you can share it with your friends and family. Oh, perfect. Thank you. That's great, Esther. You take care of yourself and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Bye. You can find us at southphoenixoralhistory.com, on Instagram at SMCC history or send us an email at historysouthmountain at gmail.com. Music provided by Jake and Emily Speck.